Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Pleasures of Photography, the podcast for photographers by photographers. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome to the show, and thanks for tuning in. If you're joining in again, hey, hi, what's up? Thanks for stopping by. Uh, We hit episode five of the podcast this week, so it's officially been just over a month since we started this new journey, which I'm very happy about, and I can't thank all the listeners I have at the moment enough. Uh, It's been really fun doing the research and starting this whole process, so I just wanted to say thank you for a great first month. This episode of the podcast is the second episode of the series Crafting a Photograph, the series where we discuss the aesthetic, technical, and artistic choices we can make, as well as some of the self-reflective questions that we can ask ourselves to kind of better understand our intent behind our work. In the first episode, we discussed what makes a quote-unquote good photograph and the destructive tendencies that a lot of photographers have when it comes to assessing their own work. So if you haven't listened to that episode, maybe go check that out after this episode. Uh, Speaking of this episode, let's hop right into it. Today we're going to be talking about better subject matter. Now, last episode of Crafting a Photograph was all about deleting hypothetical things like if a photograph is good or bad, you know, it's a fugazi, it's a fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a woozy, it doesn't exist, right? This episode, we're dealing with the real thing, what's in front of us, what's going on in the photograph, things that we can control that aren't out of our grasp. Now, before we start, let me reiterate, there is no good or bad when it comes to photographs. Intent is what's most important and if that intent is met. And the natural succession of good, of course, is perfection, but perfection, it, it just doesn't exist. It's, it's unobtainable and it's problematic. But if you think about it, very often in life, I think, at least I do, I find more attraction in the flaws of things. Flaws kind of let us know that we're human. All of us have them. So what makes you think that your photographs, which you take, won't be filled with flaws at times. David Duchemin, author of the book The Heart of the Photograph, uh, he thinks that the reason that film is so popular right now is because despite the new technological advances in DSLRs and such, it's, it's a less perfect way of making photographs. I personally think it's because of TikTok, but still a good point. Um, Anyways, when we're talking about the word better, we're not really talking about how it progresses from the word good to perfection. No, no, no. What we're talking about is the word better is basically just an alternative to the word good. Just another way of evaluating our work. Uh, In the book Heart of a Photograph by David Duchemin, he gives this perfect example about how blurring motion can instill in a photograph that feeling of movement. And how that leads us, the artist and the viewer, to understand that A, the subject in the frame is moving, and B, we can feel the speed and impact of the subject due to motion blur. Then, using that knowledge to determine that your choice to use a lower shutter speed is what dictated that blurring effect. That means that you've achieved what you were aiming to do, and and that's what allows us to make better images. Just knowing what we want to make and using that knowledge to achieve that. Remember, good isn't the point of this thing we call art, but before we make those choices, we gotta understand and consider what our subject is. 
To get down to the real nitty-gritty, we gotta identify the subject at its purest form in order to really understand it. Technically speaking, we've always been taught that our subject is what we're photographing, it's what's in the frame, but really, I mean, it's not wrong. I mean, like, I, I said that it's technically, it is what it is. Just humor me for a second. Say, for instance, me, my buddy Davis, and another friend, Riley, we all go out to shoot with one another. My buddy Davis, he loves nature. He's got a great portfolio and wants to add some more pics to it, so Riley and I tag along on a hike. All three of us come up to this tree. It's a, it's a nice tree, real sturdy, you know, it's nice and tall. Looks like it could make some good paper. Uh, all three of us take a picture of this tree. Now, is the subject the tree? Well, yeah, it definitely could be. Or is the subject the height of the tree in relation to the rest of the forest around it? Is the subject the relationship between the tree alive, sturdy, and the tree next to it dying and decrepit? This subject could also be a family of squirrels on the tips of the branch that look minuscule compared to the sheer scale of the tree. I mean, there's so many opportunities to digest when it comes to choosing the subject. And although Davis, Riley, and I, we all took a photo of the same tree, yeah? Each one of those photos is gonna be presented differently. Do you wanna know why? Because Davis likes to shoot in black and white and create these really dynamic and dramatic rich tones. Riley likes to use a lot of bright colors and create a saturated and bright image. And I like to make things dark, flat, and muted with a little hint of color. The same subject, all depicted in vastly different ways. I found that I've gained much more from understanding clarity on what the actual subject is of my photograph and understanding what I want to say about it than trying to learn all these new types of techniques. Bruce Lee has this quote. It says, I fear not the man that has practiced 10,000 kicks once but I do fear the man that has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Although photography and martial arts have very little to do with one another, the lesson is still important to learn that instead of spending your time trying to understand all these different techniques, you could instead be spending time on perfecting your understanding of your own images. In the book, The Heart of the Photograph, author David Duchemin gives us three great questions in which we can ask ourselves so that we can gain some clarity and understanding when it comes to selecting better subject matter. Number one, does the photograph have a clear single subject? There's really no point in discussing how your subject is best expressed if you don't even know what your subject truly is. But you may be asking, you know, what if I take photographs of landscapes or, or cityscapes? It's kind of hard to determine a subject with my work because it's just such a large scale. And to that, I have to say bullshit. You're just not asking the right questions. Your photograph is seriously just about the mountains. Are you sure? Because to me, it's looking like your photograph is about the relationship between the land and the sky. Your photograph is about the contrast between rough terrain and the delicate wisps of the clouds in the backgrounds. Make your photo something more than just what's apparent and obvious in the frame. Make it about the colors, the contrast, the textures. Then, you find ways to draw your idea out in your photograph. You find a way to make that relationship of color or contrast or texture more apparent, more impactful. A super easy way of doing this is to ask yourself something as simple as, I don't know, say you have a picture of a man, I don't know, your dog, we'll, we'll go with your dog. 
I may ask you what the image is about and you're gonna say, well, the picture is about my dog. Yeah, no shit. But is it? Or is the picture about the sweetness of your dog? The movement of your dog, the, the dog and its environment, the, dog, the dog's need for approval. And then you're gonna go, yeah, it's all those things. And then I'm gonna look at you in your face and say that that's bullshit again. Because I just gave you a grocery list of subjects, not just one subject. And like the iconic fashion designer Edna Mode once said, it's too much, darling. It's too much. In all seriousness, no photograph can have all those elements and still have impact. You just got, you're just, you're just given too many options for people to look at. The more information you try and cram into an image and actively tell people about, the less of an impact the image has. What you can do is say that the photo is about one of those many things I've listed and let other people make those connections to the other things listed on their own. Question number two. What about this subject matter makes me care, hooks me, or pulls me in? This is another great way for you to become closer to your subject matter because if you can find a way to become interested in the photo at first glance, then chances are other viewers will too. Photographers like Joel Meyerowitz and Bruce Gilden do a great job of doing this. And for us photographers that care about making that connection with our subjects and the connection they could face by a viewer finding that one point of interest that you care about makes it so much easier to engage with the photograph and get your point across. Personally, I try and think about my photographs more as stills for movies. The way I do that is by instead of showing something obviously, I'll show the subject subtly or how the feeling of the subject of my photograph feels. If you look closely at a lot of my photographs, you may start to understand that the underlying meaning behind a lot of them stem from my battle of feeling like I'm always alone. But to the first time viewer, you may just see a picture of a chair leaned up against a giant dirty wall. However, that one chair is the connection between me and what I lean against to keep myself going. It's not about the chair, but rather the expression and the feeling that I get when I see the photograph of the chair. Start trying to compose your images as stories and the subjects in them as versions of yourself. Question number three. What am I trying to say about this subject? With this question, we gotta kind of start to get down to the basis of the picture, right? Like, this is where you gotta start looking at your images in a more third-person approach. It starts with something as simple as the way you shoot your image. Horizontal, vertical, because the aspect ratios and orientation are what guides the viewer's eyes. You're also trying to best express your subject in a way that's interesting. For example, let's say you're on the streets of New York City and there are some street performers dancing. Let's say there's like, I don't know, like three or four of them, right? And so you walk up and you take a picture of them all dancing, having a great time, and you go back and you look at the photos and you see that everybody in the photo is pin tack sharp in focus, perfectly framed within the photo, frozen in time. Now, hey, it, it might be a good photograph, right? It might, be, it, it might be what you're trying to achieve, but what are you trying to say about the subjects within the image? You walked up and took the image because they were dancing because of the energy that you felt that drew you to snap the shutter. You looked back down at your photo that you took, all perfectly focused and sharp, and you realized that what you captured was kind of like the opposite of what you felt. Your subjects aren't dancing, they're perfectly still, frozen, and without movement. 
You took away that one aspect of the scene in front of you that drew you to it. So what do you do? Well, you take the photo again, except this time you lower your shutter speed and you let in some motion blur. You look back down and you see that your image now has a flow. It has movement and energy that it didn't have before because now you understand that what you were trying to say about your image the whole time was that the dancers were filled with light and energy. And now you've accomplished that. Now, I'm by no means saying that this is the correct way of taking an image. If you like the Pentax Sharp image, then that's the beautiful thing about photography, you get to decide. And if you think that that's what makes a good photograph and one that you feel accomplishes what you're trying to say, then that's, that's great, that's the whole purpose. But what's important is that you relay what your subject's trying to relay the best way possible. Joel Meyerowitz once said that, once you have a camera in your hand, you have a license to see. And David Duchemin says, it is not only what we photograph, but how and why we photograph it that makes an image unique, authentic, or surprising. In the book, How We Make Photographs by Joel Meyerowitz, Joel talks about how at its principle, photography is just about ideas. We're curious about something and we want to photograph it, almost as if it beckons us to come forward and inspect it at a closer degree. That process is just normal and it's good but sometimes it can be hard to say what we want about what makes us curious. Photography is obviously a visual language and it's hard to describe your subject with words if the subject in the frame doesn't portray what you're trying to achieve. A way that photographers often try and combat this type of dilemma is by looking at something from multiple points of view physically, walking around the subject and taking a look at it from different angles. In order to look at your subject in a different way, you could be asking yourself questions as simple as, you know, what would my subject look like backlit? What if the lens I'm using isn't portraying my subject in the way I want it to? And at the very core of the image, we can always be asking ourselves, what's this image about for me? And am I getting closer to that or further away? And for the beginner photographer, wondering, how in the hell am I supposed to be thinking all of this at one time? Well, you'll get used to it, uh, but you have to go out and you have to start shooting. And I mean shooting a lot because it's just going to build up your natural instincts. And I by no means am saying you have to do all of these things at once or think about them all the time, but rather just understand that your options are endless and limitless. And there are so many ways that you can express and show your subject. So do some experimenting and find what you like best. Be willing to try new things and kind of venture out into different aspects of your subject. Let that connection be made and explore how your subject interacts with its background and foreground. Maybe the subject of your photograph isn't even the element in the frame that's most noticeable. And maybe that's the point. But the closer you make that connection, the more effective your photograph will be in relaying that point you're curious about. In today's world, you've heard me say several times now that, you know, it's just a very saturated market and that's just a fact. But there's this, this trope, this excuse that's been going around for quite some time now that's deterring so many people from doing what they want and it's harmful to the way that we progress as an art form. And that trope is quote-unquote 
everything has already been photographed. But what this whole episode is about is that it's not about what we photograph, but how we photograph it. Just because something has been done before doesn't mean that we can't explore those same subjects in our own ways. That's kind of the whole beauty of art in general. That's the whole purpose of art. And they were saying the same thing back in the 60s, that everything's already been photographed and that it's just all old news now. But there's always something new that we can go out and explore. And even if there's not, there's so many different ways to convey what we find important that it's virtually impossible to run out of ideas. So don't be afraid to just get out in the world and start experimenting and realizing that you have to make those connections with your subject in order to have them relay meaning. That's going to be it for today's episode, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed and you were able to learn something. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Crafting a Photograph on the Pleasures of Photography podcast, the podcast for photographers by photographers. Join me next Wednesday for another episode of Life Through the Lens, where we discuss one of my biggest inspirations and all-time favorite photographers, Joel Meyerwitz. As always, I've been your host, Jared Thomas Tapey. You can find me on Instagram at Jared Tapey, TikTok at Jared underscore Tapey, my YouTube at Jared Thomas Tapey, and my website at www.jaredtapeyphotography.com, as well as all the latest updates on the podcast, including posting schedules, topics of discussion, and various other things on the podcast's Instagram at Pleasures of Photography Podcast, where you can check that out. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening, everyone. Now get out there and tell a story without saying a word. Bye-bye.